Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome to another episode of Relentlessly Resilient, where real people share real-life experiences and the tools they've developed to move forward and live their best lives. I'm Jenny Taylor. And I'm Michelle Scharf. Today, we have with us a fellow widow. We're not going to be talking about losing our spouses. However, um, she is the biggest kick in the pants I know. Um, this is uh, a past representative, uh, Sue Duckworth. She is out in the Magna area. And uh, Sue and I actually had a, have had an interesting uh, relationship. And um, we shared several different rooms on a trip to Peru together. We have great memories and have had a lot of fun. But... Um, she lost her husband near around the time that we lost ours. And uh, she's been in this process and it, and it's just not a fun one. Is it Sue? It's, it's not fun, but it has some really exciting experiences, growing experiences. Sometimes, yeah, absolutely. Not such, sometimes not such a forward motion, sometimes a little in reverse, but we pick ourselves up and move forward. That is so true, which is why I really appreciate you being on today and being willing to share with us and talk about this. You um, threw yourself out there and decided to start dating again. I um, have done the same several different times. Sometimes it's sticking your toe in the water and going, oh, yeah, I'm not ready. And then other times you actually go out and meet some people, go on some dates. Tell me what what's your experience been? Well, I've had um, a number of experiences, different, um, some uplifting, some not so uplifting. Uh, I would say for anyone considering a dating site, one positive outlook as far as dating sites go is you can make some extraordinary friends and just look at it that way. I have some lifelong friends that I've made and... um, speak to them and use them as sounding boards. So uh, yeah, that's one good thing. I have um, not found that yet, but I, I hope that that is true because I love expanding my relationships. Yes. Uh, so I, I've also been on a little bit of a spiritual path. Um, so it's helped me um, a little bit to grow closer to that inner peace that, I, that I've been looking for. And um, made these not so positive experience a little easier to accept and move beyond. So, tell us, um, talk to us about those negative experiences that you had in online dating. So, one one of those experiences has taught me to be a little more guarded, a little more cautious, and a little more careful of my emotion and um, 
and uh, just information. Um, I met a, I met a, I didn't meet. I became acquainted online virtually with, um, with a guy that, so he says, so when, when I, when I'm speaking to someone that I haven't actually met, I do the little air quotes and it's, so he says, cause you really, unless we have our friend do a background check, which I do now, <laughs> and I would recommend that. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, we're, we're at the mercy of a person and his honesty or his lack of. Yeah. So I think the challenge so, for people like you and I is that we're pretty trusting. So extremely trusting. We're, we're extremely to trusting, and that's a, to a fault, and um, that can get us in trouble. <laughs> A little, it, it really can. And and widows, and I believe women in this state tend to be a target. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, sure. I've learned that. And um, so I so I virtually came became acquainted with this guy. We spoke for months, probably six six to eight months. And became pretty close. And um, I looked forward to talking to him on the phone. Uh, I have the signature photo that I want to see. For some reason, he could not speak to me because he was in Dubai. And apparently in Dubai, you cannot use any kind of audio or any kind of video communication with someone. Now, I checked that out, but I don't know. I, I think it's still possible to do. Anyway, I wanted a photo with his hand on his face. So he did that. So I did actually think I was speaking to this person. Yeah. So I mean, so to make a long story short, for some reason or other, he never, he could never make it home. And before I go any further, I want to say I considered myself a wise woman, a pretty smart girl. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I had some street smarts and some scruples, but I find that my heart got in the way of my mind and my brain and my smarts. And for anyone that is um, considering dating, don't let that happen. Always think first before you do anything. Which leads me into the choice I made to invest in him and his business. And... I sent and mailed a credit card. So, so and, back up a little bit. Tell tell me what that conversation leading up to that like. It sounds like it's not like you just met the guy and sent him a credit card because, of course, that no. would be silly. At this point, you've talked to him for quite a while. You feel like you know him. Can you can you kind of get, bring us into the context of what what helped you with what you thought was your street smarts feel safe and hey, this is a this is a safe thing to do, or this is a wise thing to do. Like you said, you're, you're pretty savvy and it's not like you're, you know, 18 years old and fresh out of high school with no common sense or anything. Can you, what, what was that conversation like to where he's like, Hey, mail me this credit card. And you're like, sure. That that didn't seem like a a risky or a bad idea to you in that mindset. Jenny, the street smarts weren't there. It was all the heart. Okay. It was, it was the loneliness. It was the, um, I fell in love with the, with the voice on a phone, with a voice and the thoughts of being happy. And he said everything that needed to be said to me. He knew what I wanted to hear, and he said it. Well, and that his, goes back to his, widows 
being the target, right? You brought that up earlier. We are a target. We're vulnerable. Mm -hmm. We've loved somebody usually for quite some time. We've had a successful relationship. And of course, when we lose that, we we, miss that. We miss that. We desire that. And so it's really easy for some beautiful voice on the end of the phone to be saying things like, you know, I'm going to see you, I'm going to do, making promises or or creating uh, images of hope for the future, right? Because that's what we've lost. We've lost our future. And so when someone starts making um, suggestions about what that future could look like, it's easy to kind of want to grab onto that next dream, right? Hmm. That makes sense. That makes sense. And I, and, and I really felt, felt good about myself. I, at least, well, I did, I felt good about myself and I, and I believed in this person. I believed in this man and, and these ideas and these um, plans. This was something that, that I had invested time in and now I've invested money into it. Right. So what, so so, so this this was what wound Tell the viewers before okay. you go into that, tell the viewers what the story was. Like, tell, so tell them the, the idea you were invested in. So this was the story that 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 he was going to retire, that we would travel. Um, he had he was a widower. You know, it was it was it was my story. It was the same story as mine. He was ready to s- spend some time traveling and being away and just enjoying life and and. You know, Michelle, you and I have talked about you don't fall in love with with um, with your heart. You fall in love with the hole in your heart or that void in your heart. Yeah, that's that little a really corner, good that, way to that put that. Little that little corner mm-hmm. that, that is empty. Jenny, you know about this. And it's not a little corner. It's it's that whole it's that whole loss, that whole sense of loss that we feel. So this was what happened. He he and and now as I look back, I think you are such a dip to believe this story. So he, so this was the story that he was in, he was in Dubai and had failed to communicate with his bank that he was needing to make purchases with his credit card. Well, he was always out of the country, but did that brought, did that sink into my head? No. So his bank had, had blocked his account because he was out of the country and the charges were coming in and they were not, they were international charges. So, and we've all traveled and not communicated with our bank that we were leaving the country. Right. Right. Yep. And so then we all of a sudden your card doesn't is... work. Yeah, that's true. That right. happens. Yeah, it does happen. Sounds so we legit. know that happens. Right. Sounds so legit. Here I have a clear credit card and I'm invested in this guy. I've invested time. I've invested my heart and my emotion and my love. Mm. And so I FedEx a credit card over and oh baby, this is how it all boiled down. He would use the card to make a purchase and then he would pay it off and he would use the card to make a purchase and he would pay it off. And he would tell me every time he was going to make this purchase. So you're building some trust that he's using it, but paying it, using it, but paying it. This is good. This is trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it always, it, it, it never carried a balance. So this this credit card actually had a, a $20,000 limit on it. It now carries $90,000 <sighs> limit. 
oh, not no. limit balance oh, so no. this is what happened after the chart after after about a month and a half of charges being being um placed on the card and then and then paid the bank or the financial institution that was was connected to the card remotely rescinded all the account all the charges and all the payments and said it wasn't an authorized payment oh no wait well well, stop 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 right there wait a sec so everything that was paid actually wasn't paid Mm mm-hmm Everything was returned. Everything was called back. Okay, Sue, hold on a second. We're going to take a break and let everybody process that for a second, and then we'll be right back because my stomach just hit the floor. (laughs) A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Sue, so you said this gentleman friend of yours had been using your card and paying it off several times until all of a sudden the bank retroactively rejected every payment? That's correct. And brought the balance to how many dollars? And then what on earth did you do about that? What happened next? So this this was um, a year ago. Well, it's been almost a year. Um, I contacted him and and he, he, this was his, this was his response. He doesn't trust banks. The bank should have not done that. You know, of course, he was covering, trying to cover himself. It was the bank's fault. That was all the bank's fault. Um, I contacted my my credit card. They have since closed the account and are actually, they're actually working with me right now. They've not, they're not charging me any interest. They're not charging me any late fees. And um, we're still trying to... um, how many dollars? Yes, some loop force. Ninety thousand. So it ninety thousand. It, it actually was up to about ninety five thousand. It's down to about eighty thousand now. But but can you ima- you can imagine what the interest rate on on, on a credit eighty thousand dollars is? Yeah, that'd be like buying your house on your credit card. Yep. Correctly. Oh, Sue. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that was story number one. Stop. <laughs> There's more. So so yeah. So, so seriously, how, how I, I, I kick myself and occasionally cry and then pull myself out of it because how, you know, when we're raising our children, when they do something that, that is a bad choice, sometimes we call it a mistake, but I told my kids, it's only a mistake if you do it twice, right? If you learned the lesson the first Famous time, words. it's not a mistake, right? It's a lesson learned. Well, sometimes we are a little bit hard-headed and maybe we, maybe it's the lesson on the third one. No. <laughs> the second I, one? They're, they're, the second one will be a lesson. Okay. The second one the second. will not be a mistake. Okay. The second one, the, the third one will not be a mistake. So this is, so, so once again, I met this guy on website. Another guy, not the same guy. This was one, this, this is just as I was closing my account. 
I had closed. I was I was just in the process of of closing my account, and I get a I get a, a notification, and um, he actually read my profile. I don't think I'd ever had anyone comment about something in my profile, and then once again, this 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 um, telephone relationship became more of a friendship, and. The thoughts that the the thoughts he had and the thoughts I had were to give back for the things that we had been given, and he and I were going to create a nonprofit and work in third world countries. Okay, so there is um, was he local? I, I mean, you didn't meet no, him. No, but... no, 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 no. They're never local. I mean, I mean, did the guy you think he was was he local? Like, did he ever, you knew, you knew from the get-go he didn't live anywhere near you. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Thank you. Sorry. Keep going. And so, um, we, we talked on the phone. We actually had video chatted a few times, but, but at this point, but at this point, I think that's possible to video chat with someone that you're not really video chatting with. I think that's a possibility. Mm. I really do. So anyway, I had a free and clear mortgage, Jenny. Mm. I mortgaged my house to invest, to invest. In this beautiful charity that you were going to dedicate your lives together in your retirement years. So we weren't, so yeah, but this was, this one wasn't this. So this, this was Michael. We, we were not, um, we were not romantic. There was no rant romance here. It was more of a friendship and a and, and kind a, of a business partnership or something. Partnership, but it was a business partnership. It was something that we both were were interested in and wanted to um, put our time and our energies into. Okay, so as you were mortgaging your house in order to pull out some cash, was he likewise coming up with an investment for it, or how did that conversation come to where you said, "Okay, I'll mortgage yeah. the house, the house for the cash"? So here come the air quotes again. So he says yeah. he was going to invest. So he says. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. So I, so I sent the, um, and, and here's, and here's the problem is when you send a wire, it was wired. I sent a wire and um, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was to this, it was low. It wasn't local. It was in, it wasn't an international wire. It was, it was, State a national side. wire. It was. It was. Yeah. It was to a, a location and a and an account here in Texas. But um, once you send that wire, it's gone. Right. It's, it's gone. It's like the cash so, you just dropped in the ocean. You can't get it back. So yeah. So this. So so these two choices that I've made. Two mis- two decisions that that taught me lessons a lesson, a valuable lesson that I'm paying for and will not define me. I refuse to let them define me. I'm smarter than that. Absolutely. I, 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 sm- I, 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 I didn't listen with my brain you know, and I, my mind. I, I recall when this happened and it was devastating and you were really beating yourself up over it. I was trying to let you know that this happens to really smart women all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's really easy for people on the outside. I'm sure you probably felt that way in the past when you'd hear these stories 
that like how could somebody fall for this? Like it seems so obvious from from the someone outside on the outside. And I have to say, you've been hit by some of the most um, aggressive scammers. Um, there's been a lot of different um, that I've heard from uh, from other women on widow sites. The same kind of stories, you know, the guy who has. He was a jewelry investor who sends a piece of really nice jewelry and um, then gets them to invest or or send money so that they can have the shipment of diamond scent or all kinds of crazy stories, right? Um, yeah. It, there's just so many of them, and they happen all the time. And so I, I remember telling you, so you've got to stop beating yourself up. This is This is not... It's not as easy as like, well, I I got had and and I must be stupid, which is what we kind of do when we're beating ourselves up. So I want to share with you. Not that situation at all. So I'm going to share. This is a little difficult right now, but I'm going to share this anyway, because I think it's important for women to know this. So last session, Michelle, you know this. When we're standing in this chamber and we're and we're voting as a person, as a woman that has been elected to make decisions and wise, wise decisions for her constituents, I I'm going through this in my head and I'm thinking, how dare you? Consider yourself a wise woman to make choices and good decisions for your constituents when you can't make wise decisions for yourself. And I beat myself up for a number of weeks to the point that um, during the session last year, I tried to take my life because I just felt I wasn't, I I just didn't deserve and felt worthy to to be to take another breath and um you know i i did know this story i didn't know that you were going to go that deep and share the fullness of the story today but well i think it's important michelle that women see that we can get to this point and and it's not worth it it, it's not worth it no one is worth that. We have value and we have worth. And we as women that have been um, taken advantage of, and I'm going to say taken advantage of, 100%. I know that makes me no. sound like a victim. It makes no, me sound you, like a victim. I'm a not victim, a victim. But but you also didn't perpetrate this on yourself. So to a degree, you could say you were the, the victim of a crime or of a scam. But I see what you're saying. You refuse to let yourself be defined as the victim in this story. Right. Correct. So, I, I remember, so, um, and I pushed you a little bit because I, you had really actually come up with a story and I took you out to lunch during the session and I kind of called you out on it. I just said, I'm really worried about you. I think something else is going on. And that's when you told me what, what had really taken place. I actually encouraged you to stay in the, in the legislature <clears throat> because I always felt I I also felt like you were being really hard on yourself. It's one thing to be a victim and you don't want to be defined by that. But so let's say another word uh, to to be um, 
a target, a target in, target in a crime, um, than it is for you to be able to make practical decisions about legislation for your constituents. And I think that you were a good representation of your district. I think you did a great job up there. And I, I think that you added some uh, spice, variety, and humor to, to that body. And um, I was really sad to see you go. But um, I also understood the process that you were going through. And, and I think it's really important to talk about this because as widows, we do, some of us, not not all of us, uh, Jenny's not excited or looking at the prospects of dating. That's just not something she's interested in. I'm kind of... I put myself out there for a little bit and then sometimes I pull back in and say, I just don't know that this is right or that I'm ready. And, um, and, and I think it is important to have some guidelines and have some conversations because these people that are out there doing these things, it is really well planned, right? This, none of these things happen in four phone calls. These were, you were groomed into this. Yeah. Yes, I, I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so, Sue, so, let's, let's take another quick break for a second. And when we come back, can you tell us how then did you get out of that? Because I hear you, I hear the tears, I hear the emotion, I hear the absolute devastation that goes along with this kind of a betrayal and the financial loss. And yet you very firmly said, I'm not going to let this define me. When we come back, I, I'm hoping you can tell us and what was that journey in your mind and what does that look like today? And then maybe... What's our best safety as women, whether you're widow, divorced, single, never yet married? Online dating is is out there, very common, yeah. very prevalent, and yet full of air quotes. So let's take a break and come right back. All right, and we're back. Sue, walk us from that journey to where you got to your lowest low of feeling unworthy of of the constituents' votes and everything, and yet now you've come to the point where you know you're not going to let this circumstance, these circumstances define you? How did you get there in your mind? What advice might you have for the rest of us? How do we, how do those who are dating online keep themselves safe? Whether it's a widow that's extra targeted or not, it's kind of a dangerous world out there. I'm not going to lie. For me, one of the things that keeps me, I don't particularly feel ready to date. That's kind of a side story, but I have, um, at least on a weekly basis in the last two and a half years since my husband was killed, been contacted by at least one woman through social media who has been scammed by some person who is using my husband's name, pictures, profile, etc., to lure them into some type of a dating scam, literally at least one a week. And so I look at that and say, I don't think I could ever use an online dating platform. I don't know that I would ever be able to trust it. And yet, surely there, there's got to be safe ways to use it, right? Yeah. I, I would hope. You know, I got on a dating site about four months pretty early after I lost John. John John was, really wanted me to, like, he's like, don't wait, you know. So I kind of did it out of, but like, an obligation, like I was f- fulfilling my d- dead husband's request. And, um, and sh- soon after, Brent was killed in action. And I think I, I saw probably one of the first ones that came up and it was like, are you kidding me? And I, here I had this connection with Brent. And so I was like, it, it was mind blowing to me. Of course I reported it. Yeah. I think I, I did let you know about you it, did. but yeah, it's terrible. But that sewer, I, I picture you using these air quotes of what this yeah. gentleman online is telling you. And yet, 
anything he or she is saying could be 100% fabricated. So, Sue, first, how did you get out of that darkness? How, what's your journey been and continues to be? And then maybe let's talk about some safety tips or advice that I have you might give. And, and Michelle has yeah. a bunch, too. Because mine is just don't touch it with a 10-foot pole. I'm going to be honest. But I know that's not practical. There are people who are ready to look for another relationship, or maybe it's their first relationship. How do we keep ourselves, particularly as women, safe? But, Sue, how did you get out of that darkness? Can you share with us that journey? And maybe it's still ongoing. Well, you know, I, I, I think online dating is it, it's a good way to meet people. And, and you, have to, you have to really keep your guard up. You have to be cautious. And um, like I said, I've made, a, I've made some very, very good friends. One good friend that, that I speak to every day. I talk to him every day. And um, I think what we have to do, Michelle, is you just have to listen to your gut. But you also have to not keep it to yourself. One thing that you're always told, whether it's a dating scam or a financial scam, is don't tell anyone what's going on here. Right. That's one That's one thing that, that you get, I would say, 100% of the time is don't tell anyone that you're talking to me or don't tell anyone what we're doing. And did, that's not... Did these two gentlemen say that to you? Oh, always. Oh, wow. Always. And so, um, but, but let me explain why. Because when, when I went, the, when I very first went on a dating site, my kids were totally opposed to it. Mom, right. you don't need that. You don't need a guy. You right. don't need a guy. You have us. And one thing that our children don't understand is that we've spent our lives with them, their lives together. But we've spent, for me, it was 45 years with a with my sweetheart so we can't have the same conversation with our kids that we have with someone our own age right so um well and you know our kids have their own lives right you know and and my kids are great with me um and uh that's lovely and it's wonderful but it's not the same thing as having a partner that you're creating memories with and and hopefully planning on spending the rest of your life with you know mm-hmm. it's just not the same so so a couple of these guys that I'm very good friends with my kids have actually met so that's that is is probably one um, one little piece of information is make sure that you don't keep this to yourself, that you share the information with your kids. And if possible, open up the, the relationship to your family. They really like um, the guys that I've talked to, although they know that there's not a romantic relationship there. They're just very good friends. So I think it's important whether it's going to go in, whether it's going to become a relationship or just friends. Um it's important to include our kids and our family in that because that's what they are, are our kids and our family. And, and hopefully that person that we're going to meet on the, on the dating site is going to become part of that family. Right. So when that, when that request comes to keep it, just keep it quiet and don't include, don't include any of this information. Don't share this. 
that's a big red flag. Right. And a lot of the scammers out there, they're like, well, I'm working on an oil rig or I am overseas or I'm a CIA agent or I work for a, a, a... uh, an organization, but I can't tell you which one or, you know, I mean, they're, they're so clever. I do have um, some safety guidelines that I've kind of come up with. I, um, I worked on online safety for a while in my previous life. And so when I started getting online, I started creating some rules for myself. Um, the first thing we should do is not give your full name, especially from the beginning, you shouldn't give your f- full name. We're, we, you know, I think as women, we tend to, especially like Sue and I are pretty trusting and we're very open and we've worked in um, political arenas where we're, you know, out talking to a lot of people and, and presenting your full self is really important in doing that. But when you're dating, you, you have to take a different approach. You actually don't know the person that you're dealing with and you don't know what their intentions are from the other side. And um, we think that they're looking for the same thing that we are, but that may not be true. And so the first thing is to not give your full name. The second thing is to keep the conversation on the app. Those apps don't make it easy to do that. They're not convenient. The texting is not as easy. You have to, you know, sometimes you don't get the notifications. It makes the conversation lag. And sometimes it ends up where you just get tired of it and it doesn't, progress. And so a lot of times people want to take the conversation off the app. If you're going to do that, you want to have a different phone number. So you want to use like a phoner or get a Google number, a Google number and not give them your actual phone number. And the reason that you don't want to do this is scammers are really great. And Google is a fantastic way of taking somebody's phone number, putting it in Google, and oftentimes you can get directly to your house address. So then they know your actual location. They know you're single, you live alone. That could be a safety issue. Um, And then it's also an avenue to much more information. If they have your, your phone number and your full name and your full address, they can access a lot of other information about you. Um, For, would be to meet up in the real world as soon as possible. Meet at a coffee shop, go somewhere low key and see if this is something that you wish to pursue. Um, Most scammers are actually in another country. And if they can't meet you, it's a sign that they're not even a real person that, that is presenting themselves to be somebody in your state. Uh, Then uh, I would say um, arrive early to that appointment, five, arrive early, uh, face the door, watch them and their behavior as they walk in. If you know it's not a match, um, be sure to just keep it brief and leave right away. You're not obligated to stay there. And if somebody is really um, dating and looking for a match, they don't want to waste their time with you either if you already know it's not a match. Six, there's red flags. Um, If they cannot meet and they keep putting it off, they're either not real or they're really not looking for an actual friendship or a dating experience. Um, there's all kind of excuses. I'm going into surgery. I just had surgery. I'm out of the country right now. I refuse to talk on the phone. If they have a heavy accent when they do get on the, the phone, if they have poor English in text, um, if they say that they're a government employee, particularly FBA, CIA, DEA, an offshore 
oil rigs. These are the most common scammers. Um, especially someone who says, I ha- I'm a widow and I have one child who lives in the country, but I work offshore. Um, also, active duty military is consistently used in order to build scams with women in America. Uh, seven, leave your heart out of the sifting process. You can relate to the Sue, right? Yes. You cannot love what you do not honestly and clearly have the ability to see. And this takes time. And eight, don't take re- rejection personally. Don't try to be his or her ideal. You're assessing if they're your ideal match. And I think that that's really important. A lot of times women, particularly, we tend to want to adjust our sales. And um, it's really important that you come into the dating experience as a whole person, that you know who you are and that you know what you're looking for. And so you're, I'm going to say that again, don't try to be his or her ideal. You're looking to see if they are your ideal. Nine, be careful. Let someone know where you are going. Share your Google location with either a trusted friend or a family member. Notify them if you are meeting a stranger and have set a time that someone will call to check on you. Ten, remember who you are. Despair um, invites those that are seeking to take advantage of your broken heart. Uh, You can spend time in therapy with friends, neighbors, family members, Those relationships may be best while you're working on healing from your loss and your lack of a a romantic partner. And it's really important that you understand what you have to offer someone else rather than um, hoping that somebody can fulfill what you lack. Um, we, We need to learn to be our whole selves when we're dating And then 11, never, ever, never, ever, 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 ever send money. Ever. Ever. So those are my 11 dating, online dating tips. We're going to share those on social media because I think there's some, I mean, I, I would look at this saying, you know, I have a teenage daughter who isn't really dating yet, but she's getting into that point in her life where she's not a widow, but I would want her to also be mindful oh, of these and again any stage of life um so thank you michelle for putting those into words and very again having kind of that get your head in the game and keep those street smarts and it, it's so easy for your heart to take over and especially when you're vulnerable so sue how are you doing today you you've um, stepped out of the legislature which so let me so let me let me make one little comment so okay when i made the comment about not being worthy to serve my constituents, mm-hmm. I, I was actually able to overcome those feelings and those those thoughts in my head. The reason I decided not to run for re-election again was because my heart just wasn't in it anymore. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of memories at the Capitol. Um, when I look around and I would see, <coughs> excuse me, Carl there. And it was just time for me. It was a good time for me to go. I'm really happy to not be there anymore. I I miss I miss the my colleagues and my friends there. But I am ready to move on, and I'm actually in a good place. Um, I'm I'm working to um, take this debt and put it behind me. 
I have a nephew that's wor- that's a mortgage lender that's working with me on the mortgage. Mm-hmm. I'm working with the um, I'm, I'm working to take care of the uh, credit card. The, credit card debt. I'm, I'm actually, like I said, this is not going to define me and I'm not, I, I, I refuse to let it get me down. I, I don't have energy to be negative. I want my energies to go to positive things, to uplifting things. And, um, so I just have to share, I had a neighbor come over. We, we actually, um, work with each other. She, she comes over for a therapy session and I usually get a lot from her. She um, she shared with me this morning a book, and it's by um, Dr. Joe Dispenza. And in this, he has a quote, and it says, "If the soul's purpose is to learn from experience and gain wisdom, but you stayed stuck in that particular emotion, you never turned your experience into a lesson. You didn't transcend that emotion and exchange it for anything." for exchange it for any understanding. And that's where I'm at. I refuse to let this experience define me and, and put me in a bad place. I, I, um, I choose uplifting thoughts and experiences and that's where I'm going to go from here. Well, the thing about it is, is you, we're taken advantage of because you have a generous, beautiful, open, loving heart. And there is going to be somebody out there who's going to say, I want to, to, to be able to, to enjoy and have that, but in a way that benefits both of you. And I mm-hmm. absolutely believe that, that that is true. And, um, it is unfortunate that you had these experiences. It is unbelievable um, and I, I get so angry when I think about the story and, and having known it. And um, it definitely has kept me being much more cautious and careful along the way. And um, even for me, I I had somebody who I was seeing locally. And I think that in some ways, um, probably didn't have my my best interest at heart, you know, and, um, and, and I think that that's number one, that's what dating's for. We get to figure out if this is a match for us. Sometimes that takes a little bit longer, but you'll never do it over the phone. You, it, it is something that you have to meet in person and you have to develop a relationship and you have to build that trust. And you also have to be able to trust that gut, gut instinct, right? Right. So this is what I tell my kids, Michelle and Jenny, be mad and get over it. <laughs> can I quote you on that? Yeah. <laughs> you can quote me on yes. that. I think that's such an important part. You know, Michelle, we talk about that a lot with resilience and, and even one of our recent guests, Jeff, teaching us to have rose-colored glasses and not complain and be positive. But that doesn't mean you don't acknowledge the fact that sometimes you're mad or sometimes you're sad or sometimes you're just not wanting to put those glasses on for a minute. And yet, and get over it. So well, I'm going to hang that like, on my wall soon. Absolutely. And it's kind of like the quote she just read, right? Very yeah. powerful. It's like, you are you going to learn? Mm-hmm. And if you're going to learn, you also have to feel that pain. So, you have to go there. So it's like, I, you know, a lot of people are like, sometimes I'll post on my Facebook wall and they're like, I'm so sorry you're still grieving. And it's like, 
<laughs> Sorry, I'm going to laugh still grieving like this was like 60 years ago and you just can't get over it. I, but, you know, in our society, it's like, okay, we'll give you a year a and year. then please stop talking about it. But that's yeah. not the way grief works. And I, I, I just think that it's really important that we are, that we do feel these things when they come up for us. But that does not mean that we can't make a new good choice at, after we're done feeling those feelings. Yep. We can feel the when, feelings, but they don't have to d- define us. Absolutely. We don't have to become whatever those feelings are. Absolutely. Let those tears flow. Let them come. There's nothing wrong with having these feelings. Just don't let them env- envelop every second and every ounce of energy you have. Have them and and be over them and, and change your mindset and do something new. Absolutely. Well, hey, we are um, so grateful that you came on today to share this story and that you're so vulnerable and so honest and open and real about it. It is a real concern. I mean, people do take their lives from being scammed and, and being humiliated by what happened. And I'm so glad to see that you have really worked through this process, that you've learned that you've grown and that you're not allowing it to define you. It doesn't define you as a woman. It doesn't define you as a mother. It doesn't define you as a representative or as a, as a person, you know, that you were targeted and that's all. And, and Sue, I'm grateful. And I know I kind of speak on behalf of our listeners Thank you for sharing your experience so openly because it is also a lesson for the rest of us. And I know your pain and your your grief and your experience, you could have just kept that to yourself. And yet you being willing to share with it has given us tools, us awareness. Um, you know, speaking of, of women all over who might be dating for whatever reason, again, not just for widows, but we're grateful for you. We're grateful for your heart and your humor. We're grateful for your lessons. I really am. Be mad and get over it, putting that on my wall. Grateful to all of our <laughs> listeners for tuning in today. We hope that you like what you've heard. We hope you will subscribe to our podcast and leave us a rating and a review. And if you're listening and you or someone you know has a real story about real life experiences that you're willing to share, please reach out to us through email at rrpodcast at ksl.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Relentlessly Resilient. Remember, whatever you do today, remember to be kind. You have no idea the struggles others are dealing with in their lives. Thank you. Have a great day. We'll see you next time.